everybody, and welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint, your host on the BMG Network. Good to be along with you on this uh, special edition, I guess you would say. We're into the weekend, and uh, there's a lot going on this weekend. We have the NFL playoffs, the, the big playoff picture. It'll be uh, a little uh, clearer after this weekend. There are eight teams left, Tampa Bay and the Rams, Green Bay and San Francisco. Those are the NFC matchups. In the AFC, Cincinnati and Tennessee and Buffalo, Kansas City. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. I do want to spend a couple of minutes, not a lot, because I don't really think there's a lot you can say about the president's press conference. The first major press conference Joe Biden has held since I think it was last March. And <laughs> I mean, two reporters' names stick into my head. There were several reporters, but two in particular. This guy, I think it was David Sanger. Sanger was the last name from the New York Times, so obviously it was a friendly interviewer. And softball questions, nothing difficult. I think obviously the president gets to pick and choose, so he knows what's coming basically. And the other guy had an Armenian last name. I think it was Nazarian from Yahoo News. Just pathetic. One of those guys thanked the president for doing this. Thank you, Mr. President, for doing this. What are you thanking him for? That's his job to address the press. I know it was almost two hours long, and Biden is, has all he can do to stand on his feet for two hours. But you don't thank the president. Can you imagine them thanking Donald Trump for addressing the press? Trump met with the press every day, pretty near every day, for a half an hour, 45 minutes. Everything off the cuff. He wasn't prepared, and sometimes it's, it sounded like it, but he was real. You knew where Donald Trump stood in any given issue. He didn't parse words. He didn't... Uh, uh, make sure every single answer was nuanced, like like Biden does. Everything is scripted. It's it's got to be at this stage of his life. He just doesn't have the the brain power to to get through a normal press conference the way a normal president would, who had all his faculties. Obviously, B Biden doesn't have his faculties. So I listened to the second half of it, saw the first half hour, forty five minutes on TV, and then driving home, caught the rest of it on radio. And I think it was worse on radio than it was on TV. I mean, he was sifting through his notes, trying to, you know, look for the right page to answer, you know, basic questions about his policies. It was meandering at times. Most of the time it was meandering. He would digress for minutes at a time. It just was insufferable. It was painful to listen to and to watch. But to have re these reporters thanking him, you know, and I, I got thinking as I'm um, Watching and listening to this guy, did the 81 million people who allegedly voted, allegedly 81 million, did they not think there'd be consequences to their actions, voting for this guy, pulling the lever, punching whatever you do to, to get this guy elected? 81 million people were to believe 81 million voted for this. This guy, 75 million voted for Trump, which I think is 11 or 12 million more than voted for him in 2016. But that's going over... Uh, old territory. One reporter from Newsmax, he used to be on Fox uh, a couple of years back, James Rosen, who's written a couple of books. I read one book that he has written, and I, I did interview him when the first book came out in, I think, 2016. James Rosen, now with Newsmax, asked the president, "Do you can, can you see why so many Americans, millions of Americans, do not think you are mentally capable? I, I'm putting, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing. And Biden had no answer. He said, no, I, I don't see why they think that. It's like, that's that's the problem. He's in this alternate reality. And he expects us to join him 
in that alternate reality. And I think I think uh, Kamala Harris is joining him because she is totally she's giving Biden Biden like answers to simple questions. She was the, the last interview she gave to this Craig guy. I can't think of his last name. Uh, on one of the morning shows was just she answered like Biden would talked in circles, said nothing for two minutes. It's like, holy cow, these people either they think the American people are too dumb to follow them or I don't know what if it's a tactic or a strategy or what it is, but it's it's pathetic to watch and listen to. Anyway, that's what happens when you, you know, you don't take part in the uh, democratic process the way you should. You need to get yourself informed, but you got to know what's going on and know what these people stand for. It's it's really, it, and I think it, once you get to the federal level, it's too late. I think really the passion, as our founders envisioned, they, they wanted the passion at the local level. We have it here at our local level in Cambridge, thanks to a couple of liberals who overplayed their hand in regard to this uh, Cambridge Indian mascot issue. It's opened up a Pandora's box for them. We're clued in to what's happening locally, and every locality should be. Pay attention to what's happening at your local school board, town board, village board, planning board meetings, because these people, the people who run for local offices are normally, more times than not, they're left of center. We're finding out that in, in, in the local uh, situation here in Cambridge. It's a very conservative area, but people on the boards are all liberals because they want to control things. So make sure you know who these people are. Yes, in many cases, they're your neighbors, but they're not friendly people. And they don't have your best interests at heart. I hate to say that. So we saw Biden, uh, Biden's press conference, and uh, it was just an absolute, I was going to say an abortion, which would be a poor choice of words. And speaking of that, the March for Life taking place uh, today, as you're listening to this on Saturday, January 22nd, it is the 49th anniversary of Roe versus Wade. And I forget how many millions of unborn babies had their lives snuffed out since then, some 60 million, maybe more. And we pray... We pray for an end to abortion, and I think there's a case in Mississippi that the Supreme Court will uh, no doubt take up no later than June of this year. So we'll know in five or six months, I think, the fate of abortion. We'll get an idea how, they'll, if it's, how they rule on the, uh, the Mississippi case will, I think, determine a lot of uh, what's going to happen uh, if for the future of Roe versus Wade. At the very least, that the Supreme Court throws the issue back to the states as they should have in the first place. All right, let's, uh, I, I got a piece of audio here that I, somebody sent it to me on Facebook and it was from a September, a couple of years ago, I guess. And uh, it, it just, it, it's, it speaks perfectly to Joe Biden and his proclivity to lying. He's been a liar all his political life, going back to the 70s. This piece of audio, I think, is uh, from the early to mid-80s. Maybe some of it's from the early 80s. Some of it later in 88 when he ran for president. And it's it's interesting. I think it's a couple of minutes, or I'll play just a couple of minutes of it. You're going to hear ABC's Sam Donaldson, uh, Dan Rather, Connie Chung. It's it was a nice uh, look back in time for me because I remember all these these uh, reporters and in in, in uh, news people, and they were good, and they held, actually held Biden his feet to the fire. Uh, let's uh, listen to a couple minutes of it. We're going to start with Sam Donaldson from ABC. Senator Joseph Biden may have more explaining to do. The new questions stem from with taped remarks of, of Biden States. during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. 
went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth. Bye-bye, Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very going to be very difficult for him to recover. It. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. Bob, terminal condition. Terminal. Eleanor. Yes, unless he comes in third in Iowa. Morton. <laughs> Dying. I say dead. So you get the idea. I mean, then it goes on the tape talking about uh, Biden actually lifting not just the, the words of British Labor Party uh, politician Neil Kinnock, actually lifting parts of his life, totally plagiarizing the, enti the entire speech he gave. And this was when he was running for president in 1988. But anyway, you get the idea. He's been a, he's an inveterate liar and has been for probably all of his life. So anyway, uh, that's that. I want to talk a little bit about the Texas synagogue shooter who's a radical Islamist, although the FBI won't say that. It's like back in the Obama era. Eight years of uh, not labeling or being afraid to label radical Islamic terrorists what they are, terrorists. He'd say they were, they were violent extremists. And the, the FBI under Biden is doing the same thing under a Democratic president. They're liberal. They're afraid to call a spade a spade. But I'm looking at a, a Newsmax piece here, and uh, it's a report that finds this gunman. He was an Islamist. I say was because the, uh, he was taken out, thankfully. He took four people hostage at Congregation Beth Israel in Colleyville, Texas. He belonged to a Pakistani-based Islamic extremist group called Tablihi Jamaat, I think is how you pronounce it. This Faisal Akram, British citizen, Last Saturday held Rabbi Charlie Citron Walker and three others hostage at a synagogue located near Fort Worth. Eleven hours he held these four people before the FBI gunned him down, thankfully. He was armed, had a, had a gun. So the FBI is emph emphatically claiming neither anti-Semitism nor terrorism were at play in the attack. Why would they do that? The facts show otherwise. The facts belie the FBI's statements. According to Newsmax, and I, you know, I haven't delved all that deeply into this, but the, there are ties between Akram's organization and ISIS and Al-Qaeda. They're terrorist organizations. The facts prove Akram was a jihadist. Why not just say it was a jihad, part of a jihad? Why the Biden administration does not want the truth revealed, I'll never know. Akram has a long record of activism against Israel. He was an anti-Semite. There is clear evidence the FBI is not telling the truth about Akram and this case. Why are they holding back? It's like Obama's back in. Hey, he's never left. He did for the four years Trump ran things, but now he's back. I think Obama and his henchmen are running things in Washington. Clearly, Biden is not. I don't think he has the capability. Do you care about the New York state budget? I won't bore you with the details. $216 billion proposal. Of course, the legislature will no doubt add on to it. 
All kinds of crazy stuff here. $2 billion for pandemic recovery initiatives. What is that? Her, her address, by the way, her budget address was 15 minutes, which is refreshing. Cuomo was an hour and a half. You know, he, she claims that $1.2 billion tax cut will impact 6 million middle class New Yorkers. We'll see. Record high school aid, $31 billion. It's, it's a waste of $31 billion, in my view. A billion for small business. We'll see. $150 million for TAP, tuition assistance program, including money for inmates to go to school. That's the kicker. All right, I, I, I'm not going to go through that. I hear about this all week. I, I just can't stand to bore you folks with it. But, I mean, that's how your money's being spent. Not wisely. The uh, NFL, I mentioned the NFL at the onset of the program, and the uh, the only game that matters to me personally is the Green Bay Packer game against San Francisco. They had a tough game earlier in the year. They beat San Fran 30-28. to had a big lead at halftime, squandered it. The uh, Niners came back, and then the Packers won on a last-second field goal by Mason Crosby. But the, the, the other game I'm going to be looking at, and those of us who are Packer fans are looking at Tampa Bay because, I mean, and I've said this from day one, any path to the Super Bowl goes through Tampa Bay. The, the Bucks are a, a, an elite team. Tom Brady's won, I don't know how many Super Bowls, seven. He's got seven rings. They're playing the L.A. Rams. The Rams are not no pushover either. But I think the Packers and the Tampa Bay are, are the favorites in those two games in the NFC. One game's tomorrow. I think I'm not sure what game the Packers are playing tomorrow at 8:30. Tomorrow meaning Saturday. So today, as you're listening to this, and they'll be hosting San Fran at, at Lambeau. Uh, Cincinnati playing Tennessee, I think, on Saturday. Sunday is a game I'm going to be looking at. Buffalo and Kansas City, and obviously the the, the Chiefs are going to be the favorites. But I, Buffalo is a really good team. I think Buffalo can go all the way. On any given Sunday, just Josh Allen, their quarterback, is unbelievable. Six feet five, 240 pounds, tough to bring down, great runner, great passer. The future is Josh uh, Josh Allen in Buffalo, but should be a great weekend. Cincinnati, is, uh, I don't know much about them. I think Tennessee is uh, probably favored in that game. they got that big back, if he's back, the, uh, the big uh, tailback. He just runs over people. It should be fun. Going to be a great weekend. Enjoy it. That's going to about do it to it. I think that's all we have time for in this edition of the Pac-Man podcast on the BMG Network. You want to contact me directly, it's Pac-Man, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Some fine shows there. My my uh, daughter did a show this week. I think that should be up on the dish as well or up on the network. Uh, it is The Essentials with Maddie Flint. We have the Ken Burns show. We have the Adrian Ross show and some fine content up there for you as well for your reading a pleasure and for your edification go to the pack perspective some fine programming up there check it out the bmgnetwork.com and we're on all your uh, major platforms wherever you listen to your podcast that's where we are spotify we're up on apple itunes and uh etc etc so on and so forth as the older generation says thank you very much folks for tuning us in i'm ted flint and if the lord wills it we will talk to you soon The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. <laughs>